to the Bruins Bendis Podcast. It is episode 10, sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops Brewing is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and usually you, you can use a coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. So go to lopsbrewing.com, and you can also follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. And we also have a new home. We are now on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL news, insight, and analysis. And you can follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. And we also have a new sponsor uh, because we're a part of the Inside the Rink Podcast Network, BetUS. Uh, here's a quick word from BetUS. It's our new show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BetUS.com. That's B-E-T-U-S.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. That's a 125% sign-up bonus. Use promo code RINK, and uh, you will get that bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid, BetUS.com. You, you almost did that in your Seth Green <laughs> Hundred twenty five percent. I want. I kind of wanted to. <laughs> you did, didn't you? I kind of wanted to. Hundred twenty five percent of uh, yeah, betters are sexually yeah. active. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, at least most of them. Uh, yes. So that's 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 really exciting. So we're really happy to be a part of the Inside the Rink and Inside the Rink podcast network, and you can get merchandise for the Bruins Benders podcast and it is available on the inside the rink.com website. Go to shop, find Bruins Benders podcast. You can get a hoodie or a t-shirt, four different colors, all different sizes. So get that and, uh, you know, help us, help us get paid. Yeah. We got a little piece of, we got a little piece of that action. So don't be afraid to go, go up on there and buy some shit. Okay. Absolutely. And you can, you can be a billboard for us, so mm-hmm. to speak. All right. Big weekend review. We are back after a, uh, it's now a return to action time as the Bruins were off for a bit there with COVID related issues, but back on the ice and back on Saturday, January the 1st, New Year's day versus the Buffalo Sabres, a four to three win in overtime. And I thought that they played pretty well from the start. But, of course, couldn't get a save early. Buffalo scores. It's one of those, again, sort of demoralizing beginnings to a game where you think, okay, the Bruins are, are carrying play, and the puck was in the net after a, after a mistake. You kind of need a save there. They had a difficult time in the second period, Bruins, and the Sabres take a 3-1 to one lead on them. But the Bruins get a much-needed good third period. They tie it with goals from Nick Felino. It was nice to see Felino score. And, of course, Taylor Hall as well. Both needed one there. And then uh, Charlie Coyle with a great snipe on a good play from Marchand on the three-on-three. He found him uh, and Coyle with, a, with just a great shot to win it. Uh, it was a much-needed win. It wasn't easy. wasn't pretty. But after the layoff, a win is a win. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, win is definitely a win. Uh, they played better than Buffalo for, for much of the game, but it was the same usual stuff. You know, they outshoot, they outchance them, um, the opponent, but they can't finish, and any mistakes they make end up in the net. Uh, like mm-hmm. you said, couldn't get a save. Uh, it was nice to see Smith and Felino and Hall all get goals. Uh, they definitely needed them. You know, Felino's first of the year, uh, Hall's first in a long time. Smith's first in a long time. Uh, the new line combos, you know, the Bruins change up the lines for this. Uh, put Pasternak down on the second line with Hall and, and Coyle at that point. Um, and they seem to pay off. Uh, the scoring was a little more balanced. Um, hopefully they stick with it and, and it leads to a more balanced scoring. But uh, it was a much needed win for sure. No question. And then next, the next day, January 2nd, back-to-back matinees and another little quirky scheduling from the NHL. They get a, a matinee at Detroit, and the Bruins win fairly convincingly 5-1. to one. Similar start to the Buffalo game. They get down early again with a goal from the Red Wings. Uh, but it got better as the game went on and actually played better overall than the Buffalo game. Uh, the line combo changes, like you said have been working to this point, may have even jump-started the team. So it was good to get back-to-back wins considering that long layoff. Yeah, I thought it was a really good overall win. Like you said, down early again. Uh, they can't keep playing from behind because it's eventually going to ca- no. catch up with them. Um, but they had balanced scoring. Berge, Halla, McAvoy, Frederick, Nosek, all with multiple uh, multiple uh, points. Swayman wasn't challenged much but made you know all the saves that he should have. Um, and they seem to be playing with a little bit more urgency after, you know, after this little layoff, um, play with some more jam. There was a, a few more scrums and a little more physicality than they'd been playing with. Uh, and they need to, they need to keep it going. And, uh, that leads us into the, uh, devil's game. Yeah. And tonight against the devils, a five to three win three in a row for the Bruins coming out of that layoff. Still some breakdowns, though. Gave up two breakaway goals, one of them to tie the game 3-3. But more secondary scoring again. Uh, Took advantage of a soft goal by Lazar and a bank shot from Frederick. It was kind of a weird night for goals for the Bruins. But they took advantage of it, and then Pasternak gets on the board with the eventual game winner uh, to make it 4-3. to It's a, a good goal from Pasternak. Drives the net from the, from the red line in. Uh, gets to the front of the net. Shot, rebound, score. Um, good to see Pasternak charging the net and being a little bit more forceful because I thought, and we can talk about this in a bit, I thought Pasternak had started to rely too much on the one-timer business. You know, it seems as though every shot he gets has been a one-timer, um, and, and he hasn't been very timely with them. He, he's fouling them off, and he's, he's not getting his feet right. He's getting into his skates sometimes, and seems to be too reliant on that. So it's good to see him actually force the issue some and get there. Uh, and it was his first goal since November 30. So a good win and three in a row now for the Bruins. Yeah, it was a weird game. Uh, some soft goals by Blackwood, like you said. Lazar goal to start us off in the first was a terrible goal to give up. Yeah, Frederick bad. Banks won in. Uh, the goal by by Steen where he knocks the puck off the top of the net from inside the mm-hmm. net and it goes in off Blackwood's <laughs> shoulder. I mean, it was just a weird game. And then the goal late by Carlo was kind of a seeing eye, but that was probably one he should have stopped too. Uh, mm-hmm. And Blackwood's usually really good against the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Um so the, I didn't think the first line was very good at all tonight. Uh, Bergeron, Marchand, uh, Smith, I think they were uh, maybe all. Bergeron might not have been, but Marchand and Smith both were minus players tonight. Uh, the fourth line was excellent. Um, 
I think the team seemed off overall, but they found a way to win. I didn't think they were great, really. Uh, but they won the game they're supposed to win against bad teams. And I thought Curtis Lazar was the best player on the ice. He was flying tonight. Goal and assist, he was everywhere. Uh, so that was good to see you know, him coming back into the lineup after uh, being out with an injury. Um, and that line was excellent. The, the Nosek Frederick Lazar line was great. Uh, so hopefully that balanced stor- scoring down the lineup continues. But uh, really a nice win. Yeah, it does seem like the, the lineup changes have definitely helped. I think Steen has given him fourth line a little bit of a bump there, too. And uh, Frederick seems to be finding some of his game, whatever that is. But uh, he, he has been. And, and, of course, like you said, Lazar was all over. the. And that's the type of player, I think, that they thought they were getting in Lazar last year was that guy who can really disrupt and, and you know make some plays and be a grinder and be a puck hunter you know, on the fourth line. And I think he's finally shown that here, uh, particularly tonight. All right, time now for our seven chirps segment. We, have, we asked uh, seven questions, burning questions about the Boston Bruins. Number one, how much has changing up the lines worked and will it last, in your opinion? Well, I, I think it's definitely worked so far. I mean, the mm-hmm. proof is in, you know, however many even strength five on five goals they've scored in the last three games. I think it's upwards mm-hmm. of 10 now, um, mm-hmm. maybe even more than that. But uh, so they seem to be getting a little more balanced scoring. The 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 Bergeron Marchand line really hasn't scored all that much. I think uh, Bergeron has one goal in this little stretch. But other than that, uh, Smith got one, I guess, too. Um, mm-hmm. So. The scoring has been more balanced. Will it last? I mean, I hope so because I'd I'd like to see them keep the lines this way. the 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 Bruins nation has been kind of clamoring for this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Why don't we move Pasternak down, split that line up? Uh, Cassidy finally did it, and it seems to be paying off. So hopefully, um, you know, Pasternak will get going a little bit here because that's really the only downside is is Pasta hasn't been his usual self. Uh, but that's been really more all year than just since they changed the lines around. No doubt. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, will it last? You know, I don't know. You know, maybe. Uh, the only the only concern I have, I guess, is um, still not really a lot of really great offensive talent in the bottom six. Uh, so I think that now they're catching a little bit of fire. like you, and, and like we've talked about, couple of weird goals tonight you know just you know soft goals you're not going to get all the time uh so (coughs) excuse me does that continue (coughs) does that continue i don't know i don't know if that continues but we'll see you know i don't um we'll see if if uh those bottoms those bottom two lines have to continue to play like they did tonight in the fourth line where i thought was pretty you know pretty good tonight uh, and hopefully it continues. This, there's been a little bit of a revolving door on the bottom, you know, with Coolman was in there and and some other guys. And Coolman's been on the COVID list. Now it'll be hard for him to get back in the lineup. It'll be hard for a guy like Jack Sadnika to find any more time. He may be down in Providence the whole year now, if this continues. Um, but they need the secondary scoring, so we'll see. Now, does this uh, question number two? Does this recent effort change your mind about how much help? the roster might need? Uh, not at all. <laughs> not <laughs> right. even a little tiny bit. I think the right. defense uh, still, ideally to me, that's where you go. Um, if you can trade DeBrusque, uh, 
or when you trade DeBrusque, ideally to me, you're looking for a top four defenseman, whether you have to include other pieces in that package or Mm -hmm. a second line center, a true second line center. Eric Hall is not not really a second line center. So if you could find a guy with some offensive skill to play with Hall and Pasternak, I think really that's kind of what you're looking for. So to me, you get a second line center, you get a top four left shot D ideally. uh, And that really would help the roster. I think so too. I think that uh, again, I think the downfall over time is that they really need a playmaking center. I think, I I don't think they have one. I think Patrice Bergeron obviously is a great two way center. I think that Charlie Coyle is a pretty good two way center. Uh, I, I just don't think they have like that really good, All right, question number three. What are the pros and cons of bringing Tuka Rask back? I don't know if there's a con. Um, the way that Allmark's been playing lately, he hasn't been great. So I don't know if there's a con. Um, Swayman, you send down, and he's playing the better of the two. I mean, I guess I suppose that could be... That could be the con. You, you're you losing one of the goaltenders who's playing better than the other one. Um, but, you know, if Olmark's going to get in only once in a while when Tuca's back in, um, you know, I don't really think there's a downside. I think maybe you would start to see the Bruins get a little more, uh, get some more timely saves with Rask back in. Right. Some of the mistakes they make now, or not some, but all of the mistakes they make now seem to be ending up in their net. Whereas if uh, Tuca's back there, I think some of those he makes saves on and, um, and you know, you're better off for it in the long run, I think. Yeah, I, I think the only con I could see is if Rask came back and wasn't very good. And then you say, okay, now you've sort of thrown him in there. You've moved Swayman down. You kind of ruffled the feathers a bit. Almark hasn't been great anyway. So now... You know, and may, maybe some of that is because he knows Rask is coming. You know, it, who knows if that's affected his play at all, if he has that in the back of his mind, if he thinks that now I'm only going to be playing once every four games or so. Like, who knows if that's affecting him and how he's playing. But I, um, you know, I, I just don't – I guess that's the only con I would say is if, if Rask came in, didn't play great, and now where are you? you? You already showed you didn't have enough faith in Elmark that you had to go get Rask again <laughs> out of a semi-retirement. And you sent Swayman down, who was actually probably playing better than Elmark. And you've created a weird situation that will be fine if Rask is fine. If Rask is good, then fine. But if he's not, then where are you? And and what do you do with Rask if he's not great? Is he sitting on the bench? Is he, you know, does he leave the team? Does he retire? Does he, you know, what what is in his thought process if he's not the starter? So I don't know. It that's the only con I can see. I think it's good to have him back because he's obviously an elite goaltender. He may not be right now, but he has been. And I think you really see the value in Rask after watching this goaltending this year because it's been up and down. It's been inconsistent. There's been some of the goaltending not getting the saves you need at times that Rask would get sort of nonchalantly. And his demeanor and such maybe makes it look easy at times. 
But there's a bunch of saves that would have been made by Rask. You can't tell me any differently this season if Rask was in net, you know, at, at, at top peak performance. I mean, you can't, you can't convince me otherwise. So I think you're seeing just how good Rask has been. And again, a lot of that is just his demeanor, his personality, and the fact that he makes it look really easy at times. So when he's, especially when he's on. Uh, number four, after all the Bruins have endured, are we giving the coaches and players enough credit for battling through and still being, look, 17, 10, and 2, like, and having some games in hand and still having a chance to be right there when all is said and done? I think I think we're not giving them enough credit. I think uh, the Bruins fan base, especially, is kind of a sky is falling type of fan base where, <laughs> yeah. where if you know they give up a goal early to Buffalo, you know Twitter is just ablaze with you know oh get rid of this fucking guy and this guy yeah, sucks know. and you know yeah. where is Stadnika and we need right. you know more of this yeah. guy and why isn't Steen yeah. playing and yeah. you know where's Sanishin where's yeah chance. where's Sanushin <laughs> why where's Anton bleed? I mean, it's just, it's just on fire. I mean, it's just on fire and it's ridiculous. I mean, this team overall through the years under Cassidy has been pretty resilient and they've had to battle through a lot of things, injuries, suspensions, COVID, Mm -hmm. uh, terrible scheduling by the NHL, um, just all kinds of obstacles that they've had to face. Um, and they're usually right there. When it comes down to it, I mean, they're usually right there at the end. Now, they might not have as much talent as some of the other teams out there, and and that'll show uh, in the playoffs like it has against Tampa the last couple of years. But, you know, push dump comes to shove. They're going to be there at the end when it matters. So, you know, maybe give them a little credit that they, you know, know what they're doing. You know, Bergeron's going to have his number in the rafters, probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, certainly going to be in the Hall of Fame. Marshan the same. So they have some core guys there that know how to, you know, that know how to play, that know how to win. So I think maybe they should get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and I think so too. And I think that, like you said, the Bruins, any Facebook group or Twitter or anything <laughs> like that just goes mental. Any little mistake, you could, oh, the Bruins score, the Bruins are up 2 nothing. they're the greatest team in the world, I love this guy, I love that guy, and then they give up a goal, and they say, boy, you need to cut that guy, I can't believe they signed that guy, I can't believe they traded for that guy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just unbelievable uh, how wishy-washy and fair weather they are. Uh, in bad weather, they are. Like, but we love you. We love you. Keep we listening. Yeah. I mean, so well, it's, so, it's really, the, as, as fan bases go, I'll be rival like the Philadelphia Eagles and football and others that I've never seen a fan base hate their team as much as the Bruins fans. Well, they hate them, but they love them. It's, it's, it's passion. It's, it's, you know, it's whatever's, you know, the flavor of the day, whatever's happening at the time, they, yeah. they're all in, you know, either yeah. way, you know, win either or lose, way. they'll, they're all in, so. Uh, no you know, love the passion. And they're all in right now with a three-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, is Oscar Steen doing enough to earn a spot? He scored tonight his first NHL goal. Like you mentioned, sort of a weird goal, but he'll take it. Uh, is Steen a guy they should give an extra hard, long look to? Absolutely. Absolutely mm-hmm. is. He plays the right way. Uh, he's chipping in offensively, which guys like Kuhlman and, and the other rotating wingers bleed aren't doing. Right. Uh, right. So I, I think you absolutely need to give him a shot. He was a he was better than a point of game player in Providence. Uh, he's got what four or five points in four or five games in Boston so far. So um, it's showing up where it matters, and that's 
with production on the score sheet. So if as long as he's doing that, he stays in the lineup. I mean, you can. Right. I don't give a fuck who you take out of line. You can pick a guy for all I care. Right. You know, right. and and with his push, like you said earlier, like guys on the COVID protocol, Kuhlman, you know, bleed was out with injury, but was playing well prior to that. Like there's a push now with some of those extra guys, like they're going to have to fight to get back in the lineup. And that can only mean good things for the team in the long run. If you have guys pushing to get into the lineup. Yeah. And I, and I agree. And I think that guy like Steen, who's a homegrown young guy, if he can compete at this level, I think you go with him. I think you go with him and you, if you think you have other pieces that aren't playing or getting scratched or what have you, then maybe you dangle those or package those or whatever. But I think that Steen is a guy. Look, I've always thought in anything, if, the younger guy is competing just as well as the older guy. You play the younger guy. Like I just, I Absolutely. don't know why you would play the older guy. If I mean, steam steam brings, you know, some good, decent offensive talent. He, he talked about it today when he was quoted saying like, I've always been an offensive type of player. Well, if you can get a little bit of an offensive type of player who can skate like he can and disrupt like he can the bottom six, that's what you need. That's what you're missing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what seems like the lightning have had over the years. There's right. guys in the bottom six who can do all of it. So I think that if Steen is that guy, you keep riding him and I, I expect him to be there. Let's stop doing the, the yo-yo thing. Like give a guy 10, 12 games, right? You don't give a guy two games, send him down for three weeks and then bring him up when you desperately need him. I just don't think that's the way to go with some of these younger guys. Uh, number six, out of some of the rumors going around as far as trade targets, who would you like the Bruins to get? You know, obviously, you could say a veteran of these guys, but <laughs> yeah. out yeah. of the rumors you've heard, like out of the people who are, you know, acquirable, who uh, who do you who do you like? So I've heard a couple of rumors, and I'm in on both. I've heard okay. uh, Jake Chickering from Arizona, left shot D. He has a pretty reasonable contract. Uh, I think it's like three years under five a year, something like that. Um, all in there. Like if you can, if you can get him and pair him with McAvoy or Kylo, whatever, he's a top four defenseman in my eyes. So, uh, I'm in on that one. Uh, and I've also heard, um, DeBrus to Edmonton for Kyler Yamamoto, who I would also 100% be in on. Cause I think he's, he's a talented player. Uh, he has some playmaking ability, which I think they need. So, Mm -hmm. um, honestly to me, I think you try to go out and get both of them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would, I, I would take one or the other, but to me, if you really want to solidify yourself in the roster and you might have yeah. to make some hard decisions, you know, you might have to give up a Studnika or, you know, a first round pick or, you know, I don't know if they have guys in the, in the minors that other pe- yeah. people want, or maybe a you have to, maybe you trade yeah. a goalie possibly. Right. Um, right. but you know, maybe you trade a goalie to Edmonton that they, mm-hmm. you know, might want. So, uh, to me, you, you try to get both of those guys and those are two guys that I think, uh, would really help the Bruins. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think I'm with you on Yamamoto. I heard Bertuzzi maybe. I mean, any any guys who have some, some younger, you know, Detroit, Edmonton, some of those, some of the teams that are, you know, Edmonton's really reeling right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's happened before. They just lost, uh, McDavid to, uh, COVID too. Yeah. To COVID. Yeah. So that's a team that's really hit the skids, um, you know, and Detroit started out 
fairly well, a little bit of a surprise, but it's coming back to earth now. Uh, so they may be in the market from shaking it up, mixing it up. And of course, Arizona's a mess. So they, they could be in the market to you know trade whoever, maybe get a guy from Seattle, you know, teams that just need either some young players or some picks or something. Uh, I'd like to see a couple of decent hockey trades. I don't, I don't want to see like a, you know, just a guy who might be a seventh, sixth or seventh defenseman. I don't want to see a guy who might fight for a fourth line, third line. I don't want to see Lazar and Riley again. I want to see like a decent hockey trade where you get a guy top six, get a guy top four. Right. You know, that, that's what I like to see. So I, and I think Yamamoto fits that. I think Chickren fits that. I think Bertuzzi would fit fit that i think you know so i any of those types of guys i'd be in on maybe you know some other teams senators you know if they have someone you know just let's let's throw it out there and see what we can get and if you need to trade a riley you need to trade a, a jake debrusque you need to trade a steen you need to trade sadika if it's for a talent that can help you not only help you compete and possibly win this year but for the next couple, three years, if it helps you change your core a little bit and helps you reload rather than rebuild, I'm in. So Absolutely. Uh, number seven, how confident are you in these next three games? I've had three games with win- three winnable games, won them all, struggled at times, but were able to win. Now they have the Wilds, Lightning, Capitals, like three of the top ten teams in the league probably uh, in these next three games. How confident are we that – They've righted the ship enough to maybe get, you know, three, four, five points out of these next three. Yeah, I'm not real super confident. <laughs> uh, I, I I feel like they've been playing pretty well. The Detroit game they played well tonight. I didn't I didn't think they were great tonight. I thought the fourth line was great, uh, mm-hmm. and they got a few lucky bounces, but they also had some bad bounces go against them, uh, which seems to be the case all year. But I'm not super confident. Um, I'd like to see them come out and play really well against the the wild the lightning and the capitals but um i'm thinking you know if they can go like you know one one and one something like that mm-hmm. get like three out of six mm-hmm. you get four out of six you go two and one against that group and and that's a win to me um but one and two is not great uh so you know hopefully maybe they start off with a win on thursday against the wild um but the wild's been much improved since the Bruins saw him last. I don't think the Bruins have seen him since 2019 uh, in Boston. Yeah, they haven't. I mean, they're a better team now. They have lost five in a row. Yeah. Uh, they have given up a lot of goals in the last few games. You have six in the Winter Classic, seven the game before that, six against the Golden Knights. They're giving up a ton of goals. They haven't played since January 1st in the Winter Classic where the Blues sort of took it to them um, in front of a big crowd. I think while coming in here, they had a game postponed. So they're coming in on the sixth, having not played for five days. I think it's a perfect time just to jump on them and get the win. That's the big win in the group. You win that one, they have a chance to split the next two right. both on the road. Then you get maybe you get four points, and then then fine. Then you move on. <laughs> then you take that and run. So the wild game, like you said, is the, is the important one. It's going to be really telling though, because the Bruins have beaten up the bad teams, right, and haven't played great against the good teams. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a real indication of of have they really turned it around? Are they really is there is their lineup more balanced? 
you know, is the fourth line able to compete that way against the Lightning and Capitals? You know, that's where it's really going to show. Right. And if they don't, then it might just be that they're in the middle and beating up the bad teams and not really as good as a good team. So this is a big three-game stretch here for sure. Absolutely. Uh, all right. It, it is time now for our Whipping Boys segment. And my whipping boy all season long has been Trent Frederick and be damned. He has two goals in the last two games. Uh, one of them, they counted tonight that shouldn't have counted. And uh, he scores a fluky goal tonight, but he has two goals. He has played better. He has been mixing it up a little bit more. I think he's caught some life from, you know, guys like Steen and Lazar playing much better. Uh, that was his first goal in 34 regular season games. So it goes 34 regular season games without a goal and then gets two and two games. Uh, so Trent, I have to give it to you. If that's what you're going to give, then I'm okay with it, but we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I agree. He's played better. He's played better since he's been on that line with no sick. Uh, maybe he's yeah. found a home on the fourth line uh, left wing there. Um, yeah. So my whipping boy is Connor Clifton. This week he had no points. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. everybody else on the goddamn team is scoring, right. you know, whether it's an assist or whatever here and there. Clifton with nothing. So, yeah. uh, you know, and t- tonight at one point he goes into the, to the left wing corner in the offensive zone to try to throw a hit. I mean, what the fuck wow. are we doing? I mean, seriously. I in the offensive zone. In yeah. the offensive zone. Like he was a yeah. like he was a winger, yeah. so I, I mean I, the Cliffy hockey to me. I mean Brick was laughing about it, but uh, to me it's not really that funny. He was you know meh, like whatever, no points all week, you know, in three games. He didn't lose you any games, obviously, but he's not right. really adding much. So to me, uh, if you can upgrade your decor, he's the first one out in my eyes. Oh yeah. I mean, he's the guy that you have to upgrade for sure. I mean, you put a guy in it at second, you know, in the, in the second pair, then you can move Riley down to the third pair with whoever or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, you could, you could sort of balance that out a little bit more. And Clifton would be the first guy out, in my opinion, as well. Uh, he's just too erratic for yep. for good winning hockey over the course of time. Uh, so, so I'm with you on that one. All right, time now for our Beauties and Benders segment where we talk about our three beauties, the top players of the week for the Bruins, and our three benders, three underperforming Bruins. Uh, and I will begin with my beauties. Number three, <laughs> believe it or not, Trent Frederick with two goals <laughs> makes the Matty Beauties portion of the program. Well, good for him. I mean, yeah. it's it's I mean, it's really. nice every once in a while to get off uh, get off somebody's shit list. So good for Trent. Yeah. Uh, well yeah. done. Hopefully the goals continue, and and uh, you know maybe we'll have to pick somebody else. It's funny he <laughs> scores, and I mean he's been god god awful for parts of the year. Yeah, and he scores a goal, and Twitter just is electric. Oh, they are, <laughs> Freddie! Like, it explodes. I love like it. He's Terry O'Reilly or yeah. something. Like, by God Almighty! Like, what has he done <laughs> for this love and passion and suck fest? You know what he did? He beat he up. To, he beat up Tom Wilson once. That's what he did. He did. Yeah. So now we love Freddie. Oh my yep. God! Like it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Thomas Nosek. He 
continues to be, you know, over the course of the whole season, one of the real consistent performers on the team. I mean, he's been, he's had a good year. He's been the one guy of the free agent group that I think if, if I had to rate them all, I, I, he's number one. I think he's, he's been, he's fit his role, done his role. Well, chipped in some offense. Um, you know, he's been consistent for much of the year. So I like Nosek at two. And then Charlie McAvoy is number one. I feel like McAvoy is a guy that is going to, he's so good that he's going to be overlooked because he's so good that you just going, he set the bar so high it's almost like, well, you know, let's pick somebody else because McAvoy is always going to be good. So he's at, he's getting to that point where he's just, he's so good, plays so many minutes. He's a real horse. So I'm going to give him a, a number one beauty for this week. Yeah, he's he's been so solid and so consistently good. Kind of like Bergeron and Marchand that you, you're getting to the point now where you just expect that out of him. Like that's right. what you expect. 25 minutes, maybe an assist or, or two. He's going to be plus one or two. He's going to have a couple of hits. He's going to block shots. He's going to make great plays out of his own end. Like he's just mm-hmm. consistently good now all the time. And they need that from him, honestly, because the rest of the they D do. isn't, isn't as great. Isn't as great. Isn't as good as he is. Obviously, no, um, no. so yeah, he's he's uh, really steady back there. So my uh, my beauties. I'll start with number three. Uh, I'm going to give it to Curtis Lazar tonight, who I thought was the best player on the ice uh, for mm-hmm. either team. He had a goal and assist um, back in the lineup. Uh, so he's been playing really well over his last seven games. I think he has, you know, three or four points. He's plus three or four. Um, so he's been playing uh, really well in the last little bit here. Uh, number two, I have uh, Nick Foligno scored his first of the season. Um, good to get him off uh, out of that goose egg. And he had an assist tonight against New Jersey. So uh, Foligno has been better lately. I think he's playing more to kind of his identity where he's hitting a little bit more. He's getting to the front of the net, creating some havoc, shooting a little bit more. Um, so he's kind of, um, stepping his game up a little bit, and that's nice to see. And I have Thomas Nosek, number one, three points this week. Um, he's been, like you said, probably one of their most consistent players all season long. I would I would put Nosek, McAvoy, um, Marchand, Bergeron in that coil, in that category. Um, you know, he's been really good uh, all year long as a fourth-line center, chipped in offensively and uh, kills penalties. So, um like you said, he's been probably their best free agent addition to this point. Um, mm. So good for Thomas, and uh, hopefully that continues as well. Mm. All right, so time now for our Benders uh, portion. In uh, my Benders, number three, Smitty's buddy, Connor Clifton. Face it, you're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Like you said, Cliffy Hockey has been sort of just there. Uh, he hasn't really hurt the team, but he hasn't done really anything. And he's been a, you know, a number seven, number eight defenseman. He's been a guy who just, as long as he's not screwing it up, we're fine. And uh, Clifton has not completely screwed it up, but he is has some scary moments still and really doesn't offer much. Again, I, I looked at the box scores, too, this past three games, and, like, everybody had a point. But mm-hmm. Clifton, I think Forbort might have been the other one. Like, that's it. Like, Clifton had nothing. Yep. Uh, and he doesn't really do a hell of a lot except for get himself out of position. So he is number three. Number two, you know what? He did score tonight, and I was happy to see it, but I'm going to give it to David Parsonak. Face it. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. 
You know, pasta, anyway, like two shots in one game, three shots in another. Again, I think he's been relying on sort of the one-timer. Guy's trying to set him up. He hasn't. Today, he took the puck to the net. Shawnick got his own rebound, put it in. That's the type of goal that you like to see Pasternak get. That's when he's playing confidently and playing aggressively to the net. That's the type of goal he should be getting. Uh, that's what makes him more of a 45-goal scorer rather than what he is now, which uh, he hasn't scored many goals at all. So I think he has, what, nine on the year. Mm-hmm. So it's time now for him to get on a little bit of a roll, and he needs to do that 5-1-5 as much as he does it uh, on the power play and not be so reliant on those one-timers. And then number one, Linus Allmark. Face it, you're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Now, I know he's won two games here in the last three, but both games gave up, you know, gave up three goals. You know, a couple, you know, softy here, kind of need a save there. You know, just not, just just an average, just average goaltending. Uh, and with Rask breathing down his neck, you would hope that Allmark would give you a little bit more and try to prove that he's the number one and he hasn't. So it's almost like he's kind of letting it happen that Rask is coming rather than just standing on his head and saying, you're not going to take it from me. So that's a little bit telling for me. Uh, Cause I, if I had a guy coming in back in basically at a semi retirement saying our goaltending isn't good enough. So we, we're going to just leave the door open for you. That would piss me off. Right. I, I don't know why it hasn't pissed him off. He gave me four years, 5 million a year to be the number, you know, number one or one a or whatever it is. And then you're going to just leave the door open for Rask, who's going to take several months off, come back from injury, and just step in and play. It, just, it hasn't pissed him off enough. I, I haven't really heard him say anything about it. So I'm, um, it, it's a little bit telling for me. So he's my number one. Yeah, I, I agree with you because uh, my third bender is Linus Allmark. <laughs> you're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby. Uh, I agree with everything you just said, <laughs> and uh, I'll I'll add that his save percentage this week was only about 88, which isn't very good. I mean, no. granted, he did tonight have to face a couple of breakaways, and, and that's tough, but at the same time, you know, sometimes you need a big save, and you need your goalie to step up and make a big save, you know, when it matters, and he hasn't really done that. Uh, he did make a few big saves tonight, so I guess I'll give him credit for that. Uh, like you said, he they did get the wins. But he hasn't been great. He's been average. Um, hmm. My number two bender is Connor Clifton. Face it. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Meh. <laughs> and my number one bender, uh, and I am totally 100% nitpicking, was the Bruins' first line tonight. Uh, they weren't good. Um, Smith and Marshan were both minus players tonight. Um, you know, maybe it was a little bit of a mental break. You know, they're getting some secondary scoring. So those guys, you know, I guess they're entitled to maybe take a night off every once in a while when the pressure's not, uh, you know, on them most of the time. Whereas if they don't score, the team doesn't win. So uh, it's nice to see a little secondary scoring. You know, those guys weren't great, but they needed a night off. So I'll cut them a little bit of slack, but they were my number one benders. Yeah, I, you know, my my concern with them, with Smith playing with Marshan and Bergeron, and I like it because I think they should bring Parsonark down to play with uh, Hall. My concern is, though, is that 
I, I don't want to see more one-on-one from Marshan because he feels like he needs to pick up the slack, you know, because Smith is not Pasternak. He's not a guy who's going to score 35, 40 goals. So I, I feel like when it's not going well, that's when Marshan gets himself in trouble with too much one-on-one dipsy do stick handling stuff. And that's what I don't want to see turning it over inside your blue line, trying to make a, a play that's, uh, you know, just not going to happen you know, 80% of the time, uh, that type of thing. And he, and he has a, tendency to do that at times get a little too fancy and cute and try to do one-on-one and I don't want that from him so hopefully Smith will you know Smith Martian and Bergeron will figure it out and that'll that'll sustain because I think they're a better team with with Hall and Parsonark together and I think both Hall and Parsonark I think Hall definitely is better with Parsonark um then the alternative has not been great. All right. Time now for our top seven Bruins Benders podcast power rankings and number seven, a new entry. I think the first time this year, the Pittsburgh Penguins, 18, eight and one, they won eight in a row. I'm not sure what happened tonight if they played tonight or whatever, but they are on an eight game winning streak. And I saw recently, I think it was Butchie, John Butcher Gross on Twitter tweeted out Chris Letang in his last, I think it was 82 games, 66 points plus 28. He's had a real resurgence. Uh, we thought he was done a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, he's been, he's been really good. Uh, a real resurgence of his career. Cause he was headed South uh, particularly against the Bruins and Bruins would eat him up and uh, he's been much better and they, they're much better. And, and they are at number seven. Number six, the Toronto Maple Leafs dropped two spots. They have 44 points. They're seven, two, and one in their last 10, and they keep plugging along with Austin Matthews, I think, in COVID protocol now. So we'll see how that works. He is asymptomatic, I did hear. Number five, the Golden Knights of Vegas are a new entry. First in the Pacific, seven, two, and one in the last 10. And could this be the year where they break through? Um, they've only been in existence four years. And it seems as though um, every single year they kind of are there and at the door and, and can't get it done. Jack so Eichel is on the horizon there too. He is. And Eichel is going to be coming up and by the end of the year there. And boy, they could be someone to reckon with there. Mm-hmm. Carolina Hurricanes at four, a new entry re-entering in 47 points plus 40 goal differential. Uh, Carolina is a very good team sort of lurking around. Not a lot of people talk about them. They're very good. Number three, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they they climbed three spots, 47 points, first in the Atlantic, and taking on the Bruins here very shortly. Uh, number two, the Florida Panthers have been very good all year. Number uh, They are falling one spot, but 46 points, plus 27 goal differential. And the number one team, the Washington Capitals, also playing the Bruins up coming up this week. They've moved up six spots. They're 48 points, tops in the Eastern Conference, plus 30 goal differential. Wow, I mean that's, <laughs> yeah. and Ovechkin just Ovechkin just broke the uh, power play goals record, also. Wow. So uh, yeah, they're they're playing well. It's that's going to be a tough task, obviously, for the Bruins. And how about this? Six of the seven teams are in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean so the Eastern Conference is pretty loaded. It is, and you didn't even mention the Rangers, who were first in the right. uh, in the uh, division right. there in the Metro. Right. Yeah. So uh, bottom three. Here we go. Bruins, Benders, bottom three power rankings. Coming in at number 30, Seattle Kraken. 20 points on the season. They've yeah. lost five in a row. <laughs> they have a minus 30 goal differential. Uh, not playing real well. Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah. So Seattle number thirty. Is Ryan Donato out of the leading scorer on the team? <laughs> he <or>? may be. <laughs> he may be. Yeah. Um, number thirty-one, the Arizona Coyotes have uh, fifteen points, minus fifty-four goal differential. They're two and ten at home, uh, wow. probably because the lights are out most of the time because they can't pay yeah, the bills. Probably. Can't pay the bills. Yeah. Uh, so they're um, yeah they're thirty-one, and then thirty-two. Your Montreal Canadiens with 18 wow. points on the season, 7, Terrific. 23, and 4. They've played 34 oh. games, and they have 18 points. They are minus 50 goal differential. They are 5 and 10 at the Bell Center. Mm. That's, that's, wow. that's just putrid. That's that, just, that would never happen. No, it, never. It, it's and they're 2 and 13 on the road, which, wow. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah. Montreal last should be last. They stink. Yeah, they stink. Uh, How about this? Arizona. We did this show two weeks ago. Just still at fifteen points. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Arizona had fifteen points, points the last time we did yeah. the show. <laughs> this is right. But they still have fifteen oh, points. Yeah, they're six and twenty-one. Six twenty-one and three, which is not wow. good at all. You know, and Seattle, Seattle is what an expansion team should be. It shouldn't be like Vegas going to the cup final. Right. It should be the Seattle Kraken stinking up the joint. Mm-hmm. That should be an expansion team. All right. Week ahead for the Bruins, January 6th versus the Minnesota Wild and Massachusetts native and former BC star Matt Boldy will make his debut that game, I believe, at the TD Garden. He will. Which is really exciting. It is. That's, a, that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I have uh, the good fortune of knowing Matt's dad uh, fairly well, uh, his son and, uh, one of his sons and, and my son played hockey together for a little bit. So, uh, that'll be exciting. I'll be, I'll be, uh, definitely watching that one, uh, real closely when, uh, 12 for the wild is on the ice. So, uh, yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a fun night and, uh, hopefully the Bruins can get a win and, you know, maybe Matt gets one, but, uh, the Bruins won. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Uh, January 8th at the Tampa Bay lightning. Lightning again, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. And then January 10th at the Washington Capitals, first in the Eastern Conference. And then January 12th has been moved to TD Garden, originally at Montreal, but they'll be playing the Canadians at home January 12th. And one of those games that was at home in March, I believe, is going to be moved to Montreal due to COVID. So that's your lineup for this week. Four games, Wiles at Lightning at Capitals versus the Canadians. If they can just get two out of three and then beat the Canadians, you could have a three out of four week. And I think that would be a really good goal and a really good week if that could happen. Absolutely. Uh, we did have a we, we did have a poll this week, the Benders poll on Twitter. Follow us at Bruins Benders. We do have a poll every week. This week it was since their return to action. How do you feel about the NHL Bruins now? 52 votes, and here were the choices. Do you feel better? Do you feel the same? Or do you feel like, I'm not falling for this trap? (laughs) (laughs) And here it was. 40% had better, 31% same, 29% not falling for this trap, very even poll. Yeah, I feel better. I feel a little bit better about them. Uh, I I like that they're starting to get some secondary scoring. I like what they did with the, uh, the line changes uh, I would like to see the defense kind of tighten it up a little bit and, and the goaltending tighten it up a little bit. Whereas, mm. you know, every time they make a mistake, it's not in their net, or I would like to see maybe them make a few less mistakes. That would, right. that would be good. 
that would be good as well. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I, I do feel better about where they where their game is and where they're headed. Hmm. You know, and one of the guys who's made mistakes that have been in the net is Brandon Carlo. Again, again tonight, turned it over to the net. Of course, he had that infamous turnover to Leon Dreisaitl when the Oilers are in town, right in the net. So you're right. I'd like to see the, the, the defense in their angst to get the puck out of the zone tend to go up the middle and, and make some errant passes, and it's not great. Managing the puck from the defenseman is so key. I think that one guy, getting one guy to sort of shuffle that group around could really help everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a major reload type of thing. It's just one guy could really make a big difference, and hopefully it's the right guy this year uh, and not Mike Riley, <laughs> but hopefully it's the right guy. Uh, all right, so you want to rate and review. We are giving $1 to the Bruins Foundation for every rate and review on Apple or any rating on Spotify. You can rate now on Spotify. So give us a rating on each of those, any of those, and we will donate money to the Bruins foundation. Again, we have joined the inside the rink podcast network. You can go to inside the and get merchandise from the Bruins. Brenda's podcast There's also great articles and other great podcasts on that network. We're very happy to be there. And thanks again to our new sponsor, bet us and our most loyal sponsor lops brewing. And we thank everyone for listening. We'll be back again next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.